Uh, good evening, everyone. Joshin here. Kia ora, namaskar, and greetings. Thank you so much for joining me. So tonight I have a very special guest. Her name is Claire Boland, and I've asked her to come and share with you something about her experiences in setting up a service project called Vistara House. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Before we start on this, uh, hearing about this amazing project, uh, it would be really great if you could share a little bit about your background so people could uh, get to know you a little. Okay. Um, so I um, have been a social worker for a lot of my adult life. And um, the reason that I was attracted to social work, I just want to tell one short story that when I was at school, when I was 16 years old, we didn't have careers advice very often in those days. This is back in the 60s. And um, I think my year was the first year that had a careers advisor come into the school uh, for the 16-year-olds. And when she came in, she talked about the usual, what we considered at that time to be common careers or usual careers for girls to go into teaching, nursing, etc. But she said there is a new um, career or some new work that's developing and it's called social work and I didn't really know what social work meant but I remember having an internal reaction it's the yeah. only way I can describe it yeah. and I, I thought oh you know what is this and immediately I was interested I was attracted yeah. mm. and so I became a social worker I trained and did a degree in social science and a postgraduate qualification and I became a social worker in England and um, so throughout my adult life apart from 11 years running a school I have done social work in one form or another yeah um, and uh, so that's my background and you know I'm, I'm now a retired social worker but I still do some cover work um, for the local authorities that I worked for for some years um, so that's my background um, uh, did, were you are you were you born in England or I was born in Ireland yeah so um, the careers advice was given in Ireland yes. and uh, um, I went to university in, in Dublin for mm -hmm. three years and then I came to England in the about 1973. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, and I, I met my husband here mm -hmm. and have lived here ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And so you, do you want to share something about the service project that you initiated? Yeah. So in 1976, you know, I, I was then practicing it as a social worker. Mm. And um, I had also, prior to that, um, come across a, uh, an organization called Anandamaga. Mm. And I, I'm not going to say that I was deliberately seeking a spiritual path. I think the person I'm now married to was seeking a spiritual path. He was my boyfriend at the time. And we went together to, you know, to look at different groups. But yeah. um, we, we met a monk from Anandamaga, one of the teachers. Mm. And fundamentally or basically he taught us both meditation um, and approximately uh, 
a year or so after I'd learned meditation um, and began to get a little bit of an understanding of what it was about, but I was still not sure. Yeah. Um, he explained that, and I had noted this, that some people on this spiritual path had spiritual names. So I, he also gave me a spiritual name, which was Nirmala, which means purity. Yes. And I'm still on this spiritual path today, 47 years or 46 <laughs> years later. <laughs> uh, and, you know, people in my uh, yoga and meditation circle, um, of course, they know I'm Claire Boland, but they also call me this name, Nirmala, which is the lovely thing about it is that it, it reminds you of who you really are perhaps on a spiritual level or yeah. on a, a, a yes at a different level um so um so around that time though in the mid 70s when this was all happening and it was all very new to me and um i was had some uncertainties about it all but yeah. um i was also very you know very interested and had this strong i did i did have a strong sense of wanting to learn more about spirituality i come from a catholic background yeah. so you know i had a sense about religion and um following yeah uh, being, i guess i'd been exposed to um although it was in the form of religious practices but this seeking of god and of something higher in life other yes. than just the material things that we you know we we are exposed to so um um, but at this time, when I was practicing as a social worker, the, the monk who was uh, traveling around England and teaching meditation also talked about um, the need to do service work. And he wanted to start a service program in England. Um, and because I was a social worker, he spoke with me about this uh, a few times. Yeah. Um, and initially, I was quite resistant. I thought, oh, you know, I just want to carry on doing my social work job. Mm. Um, but eventually, I was inspired uh, because in my social work job, interestingly, I often had to support and help young women um, girls in their maybe 15, 16 year olds who, you know, through problems with their families would come into care and maybe sometimes would be not homeless because they could always be in care, but their situation became very unstable and very insecure. Yeah. And they, because of their vulnerability, they were at risk of being exposed to prostitution and being exploited. So I was yeah. helping some young women like that in my job. And so we decided to open a hostel in Birmingham mm. through um, Anandamaga, the organization that I'd learned meditation through. The monk was a teacher of Anandamaga meditation. And um, we started the, I gave up my job as a social worker and started working on this. It took about six months to prepare. Yeah. Um, and in October 1976, we opened this hostel in Sparkbrook in Birmingham. And we had space for six young women aged between 16 and 25. Yes. Um, 
and they were all referred by social services. Mm. Um, and it, it was an amazing project. Um, and certainly I would say that the work that I was doing combined with, um, you know, I was practicing meditation and combined with those spiritual practices, it, it really gave impetus to my experiences on the spiritual path. Yes. Um, and um, I ran Vistara House for approximately six months. Um, I was, it was a very demanding um, role. Initially, mm, yeah. I, I ran it completely on my own, so mm. it was 24-7. Yes. Um, and, of course, I became quite tired and... Uh, so, uh, after approximately six months, I did have somebody come to help me after two or three months. But eventually, another woman um, who's uh, a good friend of mine, Saparna, yes, uh, she took over and um, she ran the hospital after me. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, it was it was uh, it was a great program to be involved in. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned a lot through doing that project. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, I, th yeah, I think the main things I learned is that when you are trying to do something good in the world um, and when you throw yourself into that, things happen around you that really help you. Yeah. Um, you know, there were just so many things that happened when I reflect back on, you know, how do you start a program like that? But there was another woman in Birmingham at the time whose boyfriend was the, he managed a housing association. And when he heard about our interest, he said, you can rent one of our houses for <laughs> your hostel, you know. Yeah. And, um, so there was a house available. That wow. became available really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then it was how do we furnish it? And, mm. you know, there was furniture coming from all sorts of places. People would contact me and say, um, there are some beds available. in a, There was a hospital, a small hospital in South Birmingham, and it was closing some of its wards. And they said, you can have some beds if yeah. you want. You know, just there was... Uh, Equipment and things for the hospital just seemed to come very easily mm, and very yeah, quickly. Yeah. People really, because other people really want to help when they see um, a project like this. Yes. Um, so there was a lot of that happening um, at that time. Mm. Um, so after the hospital, um, I uh, eventually came back into doing social work. Um, and um, got married, and we had two children. And um, at one point, we I started a school in Birmingham, um, which ran for 11 years. Um, wow. And again, I was using the principles that I was learning through my meditation. Yeah. The school was run on the uh, principles of new humanism, yeah. which is that everything is connected. Um, you know, humans, animals, plants, there is an, intrins an intrinsic connection between everything. So um, 
I ran that school, the school for uh, those years. Our own children were able to benefit uh, from uh, this education and obviously other children came as well. Um, but eventually I went back into social work. Yeah. Um, as was, that was my first career. Mm. And um, what I have found over the years, um, you know, social work is a very challenging job to do. Yeah. Um, and you can meet sometimes, you know, people who are really troubled. They don't perhaps mean to be difficult, but because their life circumstances are so tough, yes. um, they can be quite troubled and that can make them difficult to manage or to deal with. Yes. Um, but what I have found over the years when I was really faced with very difficult and challenging situations, um, I've always found myself using or reverting to using the tools I've learned through my meditation, through my spiritual practices, yeah. that really everything and everybody has a higher essence. And okay, if there's an angry human being in front of you who's upset, it can be easy to fall into the trap of responding to that human being maybe in an angry way as well yeah. or becoming defensive mm. or uh, just feeling threatened. But if I, I have found that in difficult times like that, I try to see that this person has that higher essence as well and that their anger is just an expression of these bad things that have happened to them in life. It's not personal. Yeah. You know, they're not directing something personal at me. It may appear that way. And if I have been, whenever I've been able to hold on to that um, thought that, um, you know, this human being has this higher consciousness as well, um, it has really helped to deal with their upset and their anger. Yeah. Um, so I have found the tools that I have learned in meditation and that I was introduced to all those years ago in 1974. I have really found them helpful throughout the whole of my life. Yes. Um, and it's maintained me on, on the spiritual path. Yeah. Because each time... Um, you know, I have this. I have an experience like that where a situation resolves itself because of the way that you think. Mm. Um, then it, it, it deepens and furthers your understanding of being on the spiritual path. And, and the way, of course, that you approached that person made a huge difference. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It, the way in which they respond the way in which people respond when they are angry and upset and you don't get angry back but you try to see the bigger picture and that they have this that they also have this higher consciousness yeah they it helps somehow it has helped them to calm down yeah and to um just respond in a different way yeah and um, i've had you know a few real experiences of that happening um where other people have said, this person is very angry, Claire, and 
they're going to be upset and they're very difficult to deal with. And, you know, I, you therefore start to feel frightened and you think, what yeah. am I going to do? Mm. So, you know, in that situation, I have sat beforehand and meditated before meeting somebody like this and really tried to connect to my deeper self. Yeah. Um, and that helps then to make that connection with the deeper aspect of the person in front of you. Yes. And somehow they, you know, whether they're conscious of it or not, mm -hmm. but it affects how they respond to you. Yeah, I understand. I yeah. think because of the world we live in, we operate a lot of the time, you know, in our interface contact with people in a, I'm not going to say a completely superficial way, that's not true, but we're operating very often at the surface. And it's, I think if we look at other people, look at ourselves as being, I guess, like godlike. Some people may find that a little bit airy-fairy, but, you know, mm -hmm. that we all have this god essence or this higher consciousness. And when you hold on to that and you see that mm. in other people, mm. It just changes the atmosphere yeah. in the way in which you communicate with the other person and the way in which you communicate with each other. Yes, I know yeah. what you mean. And there's a good friend of ours, both of us know he is, Jivon. He often tells me that when he goes into, of course he's not in social work, but he's, his work is, is very much in the public eye. And when he goes, he says when he enters into, into, into a room, he always imagines his higher power going, his high essence going before him, before he enters and he goes in with that yeah. thought that his, his high yeah. essence is with him when he's there yeah. presenting whatever he has to present. Yes, yeah, and that's really, and that does make a difference. It, yeah. it really makes a difference to the whole, um, to the atmosphere, yeah. I think, yeah. in the room yeah. and also to the way in which people respond. Yeah. Um, I know that when um, I often chair meetings and, um, you know, what I try to do is to remember, and it's not always easy to remember, but each time, you know, in a meeting, I mean, now we're not doing face-to-face -face meetings because of COVID, everything is happening online. But, you know, when I've been physically in a room with people, and you can do it in Zoom situations or whatever social media you're using, to imagine each person in that meeting, that they are an expression of that higher essence, that higher power, that, or, and that we all have it. Yes. It's, it's just that I think very often people aren't aware of it yeah. or mm -hmm. they don't think about it, but yeah. it's, it's there. And yeah. if you think about it and you look at everybody else and see them in that light, it really, it does produce a change in the it's subtle it's not like a big change yeah, it's a subtle means. change Absolutely. in the dynamics i think is the best way to put it i suppose that you can sort of see it as like tuning into what already is there like if you tune into a radio station you find the right channel and yeah. um, you're tuned in and so yeah. you're coming yeah. from that place yeah you're listening yeah, to that part of yourself yeah yeah <laughs> And the one the other thing I wanted to ask you is I know that you and your husband sing beautifully. I've seen heard you singing online. I've always enjoyed um, you singing. And I wanted just wanted to ask if you want to share a little bit about the music in your life. Yeah, yeah. I 
I've always enjoyed singing. Uh, when I was a child, um, I, I, I liked singing. And in our primary school, um, we did sing quite a lot. And sometimes, you know, I didn't have a good relationship with the very first teacher I had in primary school. I found her very scary, very frightening. Mm. Um, she was, seemed quite severe to me. Yeah. But one of the things she identified that I could do well was to sing. Mm. So when she was teaching a song, you know, after we practiced it a little while, she would often ask me to stand up in front of the class to sing it because yeah. I could sing it well. And I used to just love it. <laughs> Not that I was showing off in front of everybody, but that there was one thing I could show her I could do well <laughs> because I always thought there were so many things she seemed to think I couldn't do well. There was that and reading. I, I was very good at reading and I picked up reading very quickly. So she would ask me to read in front of the class. So, but singing was always a way of expressing yeah. myself for me. And later in secondary school, I was in a choir and we used to do, we used to go to feshes in Ireland. I grew up in the west of Ireland and we would go to Galway, which is probably the, the main city in, in the Connacht in the province I come from in Ireland. And we would compete in a fesh, which is like a music festival or a festival of the arts. Yeah. And our choir would often win. And I used to be <laughs> so proud of that, you know, that yeah. was really like so nice. Yeah. And then when I started to practice meditation, I learned kirtan. And kirtan is like a spiritual chant where you repeat a spiritual mantra over and over singing it. Mm. And that was the thing that actually first probably captured me on my, in spiritual practices was the singing. Yeah. I, I loved the singing. And um, the, the thing I've experienced also about singing is that when you start singing in a group, in, in a collective with other people, and so when we have our retreats, for example, our meditation, our spiritual um, retreats, we sing together. Before we meditate, we always sing together. Um, and singing with other people, you immediately connect with them. Yeah. Immediately connect with them. And so now I've also found a choir in North Birmingham where we live mm -hmm. um, that I joined about four years ago. And it's not necessarily my specific taste in music. You know, we do songs from like, um, musicals, yeah, and um, maybe some popular songs, um, and some songs I do enjoy, some I enjoy more than others. But what I particularly like is singing with other people, yeah, because immediately there is a connection mm. between people, and it, it, it sort of um, opens the heart, I think, singing does in a way that. Um, is is difficult, you know, for yeah. maybe many people, and and in in a, in a way that is unique. Yes. Um, so, um, and my husband likes to sing. He's got a good voice. Yes. So, you know, we we sing kirtan together. Yeah. And uh, we enjoy that. Mm. Um, and, and it sounds lovely. Sorry. And it sounds lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so yes, that's my experience of singing and, and music. 
Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I was just wondering um, if you'd like to share anything at all um, of your experiences before we end our podcast, anything that comes to mind. Before I did the podcast? No, sorry, if you'd like to share, I'd just like to ask if there's anything at all that's come to mind that you'd like to share with others. Um, I think the, the, the main thing I would like to share is that um, for me, life has been um, a very interesting path and I perhaps haven't always... I sometimes feel I haven't shown my true self fully to people. I'm always quite shy about talking with people about spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was younger, we used to do um, classes and um, I've, I've taught meditation and yoga classes in the past. But I think I've always been a little bit reserved about talking about spirituality and being on the spiritual path. And I think it's because, you know, there's a certain nervousness about what would people think, mm -hmm. you know. I unfortunately suffer a bit with always wanting to fit in yeah. and being, you know, being like uh, not wanting to stand out. That's the word, really, not wanting to stand out. And I grew up in a culture where it was, mm. no, no, you mustn't stand out it's in okay. any way. You, know, yeah. you must just blend in with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Always blend in and don't raise your head above the parapet yeah. <laughs> under yeah. any circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've always been quite cautious and I think holding back about talking about spirituality and being on a spiritual path. And I think that's one of the things I'd like to be able to reconcile more fully in my life, to be able to express that more openly and more easily rather than feeling reserved and cautious about it. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely. And um, mm. I'm so glad you're, you're – thank you for your honesty and thank mm. you for sharing that with us. really appreciate that. I'm happy to share mm. those thoughts. <laughs>
Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. You blend in so well together. It's such a rich sound. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Namaskar. Thanks so much. Namaskar. Namaskar. Bye.